everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast with Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. And with Nate Johnstone. Hi, Nate. Hi. And Glad we got that taken care of. Yes. Get on to the good stuff. On to the good stuff. It's uh, really good stuff, may I say. I mean, I have enjoyed I this as much as any of the ones that we've done. I, Maybe the most. I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, You're good at it. You know ancient history. Where, where, where'd you get that? It helps. Uh, I got it in school. In school? I'm a nerd, so I like okay. researching things, and I like finding out. When I come across something I don't know, I figure it out. I look it up. I'm interested. Um, and I, I think like the wise that. men were similar to me. Maybe that's why I like these guys. Because yeah. they see something that they don't understand and they search it out and they figure it out. And they're willing to risk everything to go on a long journey to go and see them, um, which I admire personally. So this, I admire researchers. I'm not yeah. a researcher, so I admire those that do that kind of thing. So well, go for it. It's cool. These, th these guys are heroes of mine. Yeah. In, in the New Testament. And I think they're unsung heroes. I think they're, we, we don't give them enough respect maybe. And so I, I really like this, this story. So this has been, this has been a fun series for me. Can I read the last, uh, the last three verses or so? Please. Of, of this text. When they saw the star. This is Matthew chapter two. Thank you. Verse 10 through so they've, 12. They've just left Jerusalem, literally probably walking out of the city going south towards Bethlehem, right? Mm-hmm. Southeast. And so we're at verse 9. Just so you know, I've done that walk. I've walked that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know the territory. I can see it. It's hill country. How long did it take? Two and a half. Two and a half hours? A, a slow walk. That yeah. I, you could do it. So that's quicker. close. I was, Real close. Yeah. Oh, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. So picking it up at verse 10, so, so uh, the... Wise men have asked, and Herod is troubled, and he gathers together the priests, and they give him the answer. They don't budge, and then Herod has a little private meeting with them and tells them what to do, and now they're heading out, and they're on their way, and when they saw the star, listen to this, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's two superlatives. You're not mm -hmm. supposed to do that in English. <laughs> yeah. A superlative on a superlative, but this is, this Matthew is wanting to make his point here. This is a, a pivotal point. They saw the star. They lost track of the star when they went to Jerusalem, I suspect, but now the star shows up again and they are really, really happy <laughs> because they've taken all this time and have they blown it? Now they can't find the star. What are we doing now? Where, yeah. How are we going to get there? That's interesting. And and so they're excited because maybe this strange investigation is going to pay off. Maybe now yeah. we will we will find what we were looking for. So they have hope again. Hope has been restored. And so they're on their way mm -hmm. and they're getting closer. They told them how long it would be. And it wasn't going to be a long walk. And they, But they saw the star they again. They saw it. And I, I agree that Matthew's language here is really excessive. It is. I mean, they were freaking happy, like <laughs> jumping up and down, doing an ancient Persian dance of some kind. Yes. I mean, these guys are pumped. And I think that then, I think that shows us that prior to that, they were concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, because there's going from your baseline emotion to happy. That's good. But going from really low to really happy, that's exceedingly with great joy. Yes. I think. Yes. I agree with you. I think they had been concerned, maybe dismayed. This is the part of the journey where things don't look good and we don't know if we're going to make it and we don't know 
if this was all for nothing. This is the part of the journey. This is the part of the story where the heroes start to question themselves, I think. They start to wonder if they made a mistake. They start to wonder if they screwed up. I think their time in Jerusalem was their wilderness time, which is very ironic because they're at the palace. Yes. And listen to this, folks. These are men who were childlike enough to leave, to leave everything, to leave family, to leave job, potentially to leave their future, as you said, Mm -hmm. uh, the first or second time around. They're leaving everything to take this long trip because they saw this star. And certainly people tried to talk him out of it. You're not even Jewish. Why would you go? This is a Jewish king. And so it doesn't make sense. But you don't understand, guys. He's not just a king. He's not. And they're like, ah, you're crazy. Something was revealed to their heart. And childlike faith, they said some yes to God. And so God is leading them. And now they are very, very excited because they're on track and they're getting close. Yeah. They know they're close. They told him how long it was away. So they're within four miles now. And the last four miles are the best of the whole trip. Oh, yeah. If you're going a thousand, the last four <laughs> yes. are pretty exciting. Yes. You probably speed up a little bit, although you're really tired. Yeah. They're speeding up. That's true. Maybe they were running at this point. Oh, my. And here, verse 11. And going into the house. That star pointed them to the house. The exact house. That's revelation. You can trust the revelation of God. God invented GPS, and this was the first usage of it. And here I'm using as much as a body language as Paul, I can. Paul is pointing at me emphatically <laughs> with great emphasis. Yes. <laughs> I need a crowd now. (laughs) They're so happy and going into, see, it's not, it's not a cave. It's not a stable. Right. Because this is after that whole birth narrative. We don't know how long, a year, year and a half. Going into the house, they saw the child. That's the one. They knew it right away. They saw the child with Mary, his mother. And what did they do? What's their response after this lengthy trip? They hit the floor. They fell down and and worshiped him. Worshiped him. God had revealed himself to these men that this person is significant in all of history. And they were willing to give it all up. This is how we come to faith in Christ. We give it all up. We say yes to God and no to all these other things. They said yes to God, knowing very little. Yeah. And God began to give them revelation. Huge step of faith. This whole journey has been has been a journey of faith, ups and downs. Possibly their biggest down, their biggest difficulty was just ended earlier today. That's right. And when they got to leave Jerusalem, they had had a certain amount of revelation just in seeing his character. I suspect. I think they sensed there was something up with Herod. I think they wondered, maybe Herod's going to tell the Romans we're here and we're done. You can't Because if the Romans find them, they're dead. Yeah. And I think that's part of why Herod told them in secret to go off and do this. The Romans couldn't know that Herod sent emissaries from the Parthian Empire. <laughs> like that's that's total treason, 100% treason. Um, and so it was all done secretively. I, I think the, the wise men are smart mm-hmm. and they obviously have some degree of revelation from God. So I think they, they thought the Herod's up to no good or at least sensed it. And now all of a sudden this morning, we were still worried about all that stuff. And now here it is, we're here. We're here. We're here. A year and a half, a year and a half and we're here. Like the emotion of this, I mean, they when it says they fell on the ground and worshiped him, I don't think we're talking about a nice courtly bow. I think they're blubbering yeah. and fawning all over yeah. this baby. Yeah. And I gotta wonder what Mary is thinking. Mm. What mm. is happening? 
Who are these foreigners? What are they saying? She handled the shepherds, but this is a different... And it's a long time from then. Yeah, yeah. Mary pondered the shepherds in her heart. She kept that there. She knows who Jesus is, but nothing's happened for a year and a half. Maybe I heard wrong. Maybe he's just a baby. I don't know. You have doubts. That's human, right? But now, out of nowhere, they didn't send a save the date. We're coming to see the baby. They just knock on the door and show up. And now all of a sudden there's all these people here and they're like bowing down and blubbering all over my baby. Like this is, Mary's got to be like (laughs) freaking out. She probably got into a much better mood uh, when the gifts came out, I would imagine. Then opening their treasure, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I have a theory. Mm -hmm. Let's hear your theory. Because these are not the richest men on the planet. They are servants of the king. They don't get a huge salary. I suggest that this may be like the offering of Mary. She gave it everything she got when she gave that perfume. Yes. She poured the perfume on Jesus, anointing him with oil. Didn't didn't know that she was doing it for his burial, but she was. That Mm -hmm. was Jesus' interpretation. And I think they they brought the best, they brought all they had, and they gave. I suspect you're right. I disagree with you about their wealth. I think they were pretty wealthy um, given their status and their abilities. But I think that nevertheless, regardless of how wealthy they were, I think this journey, including the gifts and everything, cost them everything. Yeah. I think they spent everything. Um, Because the journey alone would have been insanely expensive. And these these are not cheap gifts. Because when it says they gave gold, we're not talking about a gold coin. Mm-hmm. We're probably talking about a small chest of gold. And it doesn't say one of them gave gold. Multiple, several of them might have given gold. We don't know. But we're talking about a decent amount of money. And it, I agree with you. I think this is probably, this represented their whole life savings. Mm-hmm. And that really fits with everything else about this story. They risked everything. You're not going to risk your life and then bring a cheap gift. You're going to risk your life and then bring everything you have left. Yes. Yes. Because you, you've already put everything on the line. Why not bring everything? I agree with you. I think th- I think this was this was like the Mary of Bethany gift. Say more. And like, and like that gift, the the gift that Mary of Bethany gave. Now this was this is the story. Uh, I don't have the chapter and verse um, with me, but when Mary comes into the, I believe it's at the Pharisee's house. Simon. Uh, Simon the Pharisee, and she takes the costly alabaster jar of perfume. She bathes Jesus' feet with her own tears and then covers his feet with this perfume. Mm -hmm. And I think it's Mary of Bethany. I think it's his friend, Mary. A lot of people uh, have debated which Mary was, but anyway, I think Mary was prophetically, in my opinion, told to do that. And I think she, because Jesus says she's anointing me for burial. So there was a, it was a prophetic act. And I likewise think that these gifts are prophetic because they tell about who Jesus is going to be. They didn't know that. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think that God probably t- led them to what to give, however, um, because I think the gifts are prophetic. Say more. Well, gold is gold is a gift, a kingly gift. They're yeah. all kingly gifts, I think you could argue. Um, these were things that were given to kings back then, homage. Um, but gold is certainly a kingly gift and speaks of royalty and kingliness, and they're giving it to a poor baby. <laughs> so that that is a interesting one, if there's not something more to this guy. They believed he was king of the Jews, so they're giving him a kingly gift. Um, and of course, frankincense is used in worship. Um, in the in the temple, in the holy place, there was constantly frankincense mixed with olive oil and something else. It was being burned on the altar of incense before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Incense in general is used in a lot of religions. The, they used it in their own religion as well. It was probably their own frankincense that they brought. So this is probably the same stuff that they burned to their own gods and they're giving it to Jesus 
which some people would have a problem with, right? But Jesus is the redeemer, so he redeems it. Um, but it, but frankincense was used in in worship in the temple and the tabernacle as well. And so I think that speaks to his his godly nature, priestly nature, maybe, because mm-hmm. they are worshiping him. They're not just paying homage to him. It says they fell down and they worshipped. They didn't just fall down and respectfully <laughs> say, "You are the king." Yes. Long live the king. They worshipped him as a god. Um, and I think frankincense speaks to that. Myrrh, of course, is used in embalming for for death, and that's one of the the only other uses is we actually see myrrh uh, when Jesus is on the way to the cross. They offer him wine mixed with myrrh, which was a painkiller that was used back in that day. And there was a ministry, <laughs> I guess you could say, of people who used to give this drink as a mercy to people who are about to be um, executed. It wasn't done by the state. It was done by a nonprofit. And they offered Jesus uh, wine mixed with myrrh. And as soon as he tasted it and saw that it was wine mixed with myrrh, he said no. And I don't think that's because he said, I won't drink wine again until I do it with you in my father's kingdom. I think it's because, I mean, it may have been that too, but it was the myrrh. He didn't want a painkiller. He needed to feel the pain. That was the point of the crucifixion. Um, so we see myrrh there, but we also see myrrh in embalming, um, including at Jesus' death when we read about it with Josephus and Joseph of, or uh, sorry, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. So but myrrh is a little bit of a weird gift to give to a baby. <laughs> Here's an embalming ointment. Uh, thanks. So I think that one certainly is prophetic because why else? Uh, yes. Why else would you give the myrrh? Unless this guy, you know, his family owned a, a myrrh factory. I, I don't even know how you get myrrh. Myrrh farm. Uh, maybe his family owned a myrrh farm and that's why he brought that. I don't know. But I, I, the real reason he brought it, the spiritual reason is certainly that it, it was prophetic. It foretold, you are a king. You are more than a king. You are God, frankincense. And the reason you came was to die as a Messiah for us, the myrrh. That, that's how I see these gifts. I like it. Um, I don't know if you, if you see them differently. No, I I'm think with there's you. a different significance there. That works. I think that works. And being warned in a dream. So now God is speaking to them again. God has a hundred different ways to speak to people. Those who are open will hear from him however he comes. We don't say, God, give me a dream. We say, God, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. That's what Eli said to Samuel. Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So they were listening. God gave him a star. God gave him a word from skeptics about where he was going to be, and they followed it. God gave him gave them a dream when they needed a dream to go home a different way. And they were listening to all three. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's humility. It we is. need humility to be guided by the living God. I think it's very interesting that we've talked a lot about it, but that God chose these guys. He the did. fact that God chose these guys is yeah. just so interesting. I wonder how first century Jews would feel about it because it gives a lot of credit to these pagans mm-hmm. who are not Jewish. And, and, and this was written primarily for Jews. Jews. Right. This is Matthew's gospel. Yes. So his target audience is Jews. And so I got to wonder, like, are they like, do they marvel at this? That's supposed to be, I think, the response. The he response starts is out supposed with to this. be marvel. I know. That's the beginning. I think the response is you're supposed to marvel that even these came, but then God honors them again. I see, I see verse 12 here as God really honoring them. Yes. Because God allows the Magi to be a part of protecting Jesus. And that's a pretty big honor. To be, to be allowed to come from afar and worship him is an honor already. But now I'm going to give you the honor of buying him a little bit of time so that he can get out of town. Nate, we're going to meet these guys. I, and we'll, I look forward to meeting we'll these We'll sit guys. down with them. I hope you're with me when I do, because you know the ancient history better than I do. And we're going to ask them questions. We're going to find out where they were from. See how much I got from. wrong. See how much I got wrong. <laughs> I'll say, see, I don't know. I won't. <laughs> 
Actually, we're only from five miles east of there. They, they, they kind of, that would be funny. Yeah. Um, no, but I think it's really interesting. God, God speaks to them in a dream, don't return to Herod, and they departed to their own country by another way. Another now, way. in doing so, they are defying the king. That's right. Herod ordered them. Now, remember, these are foreigners, and they are part of the enemy kingdom, okay? Herod kept it secret so that the Romans didn't get involved because he didn't want the Romans involved because he wanted these guys to figure out where the kid was born so that he could try to kill him. But he ordered them to immediately report to them. I think he's expecting them the next day because, again, Bethlehem's not far away. I think he's expecting them to show up the very next day and say, here's where he is. Come worship. The fact that they defy Herod's order puts them at risk. Great risk, Paul. Great risk. Because not only could Herod have them killed, but Herod could very easily just say, Romans, Romans, governor, hey, there are there are members of the Parthian court just outside of Jerusalem. Some even say they were in Jerusalem at some point. You got to take care of these guys. Man, that the closest centurion would have locked those guys up and they would not have made it out. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. Because they had no legitimate reason to be there. And so all Herod would have to do is whisper it to the Romans. And so they are really, really taking their lives into their own hands here. But they do it. Um, and I th- I think they do it happily at this point. I think they're happy to risk their oh, lives. Once they got Jesus. the joy, verse 10, I think that stuck with them. Yeah. Throughout this whole time, all the way home, they're rejoicing. Their lives were changed. They may have that might have been their conversion experience when they bowed before the king. It might have been. I I, I don't know. It, that'll be an interesting one to talk to them about one day in heaven. Were, did they become followers of Yahweh back in Babylon or wherever they're from when they had the revelation? Maybe partly they did, or maybe this is all just part of their journey. Because I am not one who thinks that salvation is an instantaneous thing. I think it's a journey that happens. And at what point are we saved? I don't know. I think that's up to God. That's God's decision, okay? But they're on that journey of faith. They're they're obeying. They're moving towards Jesus the whole time. They're always moving towards Jesus, which is the direction we should move in. And they finally get there. They're they're converted. They're they're 100% on team Jesus at this point. They're they're in. I guarantee you that. Hey, our time is about up. And then the other three meetings that we've had now with Matthew too, we haven't ended with prayer. Mm. I'd like to take a little time here to pray if Good. that's, uh, if we can do that. Please do. And uh, you go ahead and pray as well. But uh, as you know, I have been moved by this, as I know you have, deeply moved by listening to this story about how these Gentiles risked it all, came far away. We don't know how far, but really far away. The men least likely. Yes, and they humbled themselves, and God chose to reveal himself to them, and we get to meet them on the other side and find out what we are right about, (laughs) and we can apologize for what we're not. I suspect, Paul, that when we do hear the the full story, we're going to be even more amazed. We yes, yes, we will be. I think, I think it'll be a pretty awesome story. Yes, and so we thank you, Father that you love to reveal your son to those humble enough to bow before him. And they bowed before him when he was two feet long and they were probably six footers. And yet they bowed before this child, knowing the Hebrew scriptures that he was called to be king. My, what a glorious revelation. I pray that in uh, this year before us, that you will stir in our hearts the same kind of humility that opens itself up to your divine revelation. 
We want to be those who are asking and who are seeking rather than those who are speaking out of our ignorance and don't even know. We humble ourselves before you, our great God. We thank you for this story. It's been moving to talk about it again. And thank you that you have revealed yourself to us, to me, to my family. And we know you and we have faith in your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray for any listeners who are listening who may not have crossed the line yet, who are investigating but haven't crossed the line. I pray that they would be of open and humble heart so that you would reveal, continue to reveal yourself to them and they could come to the place where they could say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless. God bless.